Welcome to Anil Arana Live. These podcasts feature audio sermons and reflections from internationally renowned preacher and retreat leader Anil Arana, recorded live during his missions around the world. For more audio podcasts, video sermons, and articles, please visit www.holyspiritinteractive.org or www.anilarana.com today. You know, we always talk about healing, we always talk about deliverance, we always talk about great miracles, but I think what God is going to do here is He's going to work in the ordinary. There are many of us here who would like a spouse, there are many of us here who are married, who would like a child. There are many of you you here who are working in jobs and have not been promoted for the longest time, would like to get promotions, would like to get bonuses, would like to get increments. There are many of us here who would like blessings of so many kinds, and I really think that God is going to do marvelous things here, ordinary things, but marvelous things in our lives. Say amen. amen. Do you believe? Yes. Do you believe? Yes. Do you believe? Good. Because the one requisite, the only requisite, in fact, for God to work miracles is belief, is faith. Do you believe? Yes. Good. I've had a wonderful day, truly wonderful. Um, After a long time, not only was I able to pray powerfully, but I was able to pray at length. And I spent two hours, and the time went back like it was two minutes. I have no recollection, truly, of what I did during those two hours, but I just know that, I just know that God did marvelous things at that time. And whenever He does that, I'm filled with a spirit of joy, I'm filled with a spirit of optimism. And I want to share that optimism with you because God truly is wonderful. You believe? Yes. God truly loves you. Do you believe? Yes. Good. Do you feel his love? Really? Do you feel it like a warm huggy buggy? Do you feel it like a pinch on the cheek like that? Do you feel it like a gentle caress on your hair? That's love. That's the way he loves. And if you haven't felt it all this time, I would like you to feel it today because honestly, when you're filled with love the way I am today, all you want to do is to share that love with God's people. And if you feel this love, I'm telling you, dinner time tonight will be totally different Because the only thing you will want to do is to take the love that you receive and to give it to others. Whether they want it or not. So don't feel funny if you're not used to stuff like this. If suddenly somebody you don't know comes and hugs you tight. Don't feel suddenly freaked out if suddenly someone comes and pinches your cheek like that. Don't feel freaked out by anything that happens here tonight. Because I'm telling you, extraordinary things are going to happen here tonight. Do you believe? Do you really believe? 
Two weeks back, I spoke about miracles. I spoke about walking in power. I spoke about how we need to live a supernatural life and do extraordinary things. Now, I said, if you want to live a life like that, you need to understand that there are two ways of looking at everything. There is a natural way that all of us look at things through. It's like you have this set of glasses here, and it says, see as the world sees. And then you have on the other side, another pair of glasses, only these are super duper glasses. And these are the glasses that God uses, supernatural glasses. Now God says in his word through Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord, Isaiah 55. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, so are my ways higher than your ways. Now if you, now God doesn't say this through Isaiah, but he's saying it through another prophet, his name is Anil. Do you know him? He's standing here and he's talking to you and he's talking to you for God and he's saying, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now you can spend the rest of your life where you are looking at the life around you, looking at the world around you from that level, or you can kind of uplift yourself and look at the world from another level. Look at the world the way I see things. And today I had a glimpse of planet earth from the eyes of God, right up there in the sky. And what an amazing sight it was. You know what I saw? I saw tiny little figures, like little mastics walking around. You can't recognize them until you zoom in a little closer. But then God sees every single person, like one of these mastics, God sees them whole. God sees them as close as I'm seeing them now. So beautiful to look at, so wonderful. But then God is dismayed. And why is he dismayed? Because he looks into your heart and he sees pain there. He looks into your heart and he sees worry there. He looks into your heart and he sees loneliness there. And tears start to roll down his cheeks because he says, this is not what I want for you. This is not what I want for my children whom I love dearly. What I want for them is to be happy. What I want for them is to keep smiling. Maybe not all the time because then people will think you're stupid. But smiling enough to radiate joy into everyone around you. I forgot to tell the children to go. If the children would like to stay here, they're welcome to stay. But if the children would like to leave, hasta la vista. Children want to stay? Where I don't see any children except the big ones. You're so beautiful today, children of God. Do you feel beautiful? Do you? I've not seen you here before. What's your name? What's your name? Aline. Aline. My name is Anil. Sounds very close. Yeah? Good. 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 Do you feel God loves you, Aline? You do? Ah, oh, good. Awesome. Before you finish here, you're going to feel so much of love that even if you're not the hugging type, you're going to want to hug people just to share that love with others. Do you feel like hugging anybody today? Good, give me a hug. (laughs) Oh, that feels so good. (laughs) To walk in the supernatural, you have to see through 
God's eyes. You have to cross the line that divides the natural from the supernatural, move into the extraordinary. Now it is wonderful to lead lives of power, wonderful to do miracles for God. But then I got to thinking, not everybody really needs to heal the sick, not now anyway. Not everybody wants to heal the sick. What most people want is for God to bless them in their day-to-day -day journey, in their daily life, when they have to struggle with ordinary things. They have to struggle with their families, a husband who doesn't love them, a spouse is cheating on them, a child is disobedient or on drugs or has gone far away from God. They have to struggle with their colleagues at work, constant harassment, constant humiliation. They have to deal with employers who don't seem to understand their needs and just keep loading work and work over them. They need to struggle with the day-to-day -day lives, time. You get up early in the morning, you cook food for the children, you go to work in a thankless place, you slog the entire day, you come home, you expect some relief over that, but there is nothing. And I got to thinking, what am I talking to people about miracles all the time? Oh, I love miracles. I know you love miracles. But I think what God wants to say to you today, in the ordinariness of your lives, I am there. And I want you to believe that I am there. Because what I can do to the ordinary is to turn it extraordinary. So when you wake up in the morning, it won't be with a sad face. It won't be with drudgery. It won't be with the reluctance that has plagued you all these years. It will be a burst of energy that, hey, this is a new day and I want to look forward to it. I want to see what it has in store for me. So I'm excited and I'm eager. And through the day and everything that I do and everything that I say, everything is going to look new and feel new. Because every day I will understand is a new day with God having new surprises for you. Why? Because God is by your side and with him everything is new every day. If only you allow him to do these new things. And how are you going to let him do that? We're going to find out today. Let's stand up for the word of God, please. Mark 11. I can feel you. Mark 11, verse 12 onwards. On the following day when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Have you heard it too? Good. Verse 20 onwards. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cast has withered. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Can you repeat that please? Have faith in God. One more time. One more time. One more time. Everybody. 
Everybody means every single person. Good. Truly I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. Now I want to repeat that and I want you to listen. Just like the apostles listened. If you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. And if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I want to repeat that too. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it is yours. This is the gospel of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord Jesus Christ to you. Say praise. Father God, we want to pray right here, right now. Standing up, knowing that you are here in our midst, that we stand in your presence, we want to pray to you. What we want to ask, Lord, is simply this. Increase our faith here tonight so that it becomes as small as a mustard seed. Because your word also tells us what we can do to another mountain. Your word says if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and the mountain will move. Tonight, Lord, we're asking you for mustard seed faith. We make this prayer in full confidence, without doubt, in your name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Raise your hands. Let's do the God salute. Please be seated. <clears throat> the basis of everything that I spoke about before we stood up and heard the word of God is a little word called faith. Now, I've been thinking a lot about faith over the last two weeks since I gave you my last talk. And I discovered there's a lot of confusion about what faith truly is. So, what I said to God is, tonight I need to explain what faith is in a way that everyone can understand. So make it simple. Make it so simple that even a child, a child like that little girl sitting there, will be able to understand. And he said, yes, because faith truly is simple. What we need to understand about faith is first, first, it is believing that God loves you so much that he wants you to be with him, not after you're dead, but here now on earth. He wants you to be with him. Now we couldn't be with him because we 
turned our backs and walked away. We all know that. So what he did was he sent his son and said, go down, talk to them, and let them know I want them with him. So Jesus came. He died so that he could be the sacrifice for our sins and what caused us to separate from God so that we could be with God again. Do you all believe that? Everybody here? Good. Now that is the seed. It is not the entire thing. It is the seed. You take that seed and like you would plant a seed in a pot of soil, you plant that seed in your heart. Now when you plant that seed of faith in your heart, it starts to grow. Which brings me to principle number one, faith can grow and faith should grow every day. So if you don't have more faith today than you had yesterday, there's something wrong with the plan. Do you remember a couple of months ago I showed you a little chili plant that I was growing? Yeah? I planted that ch the chili seed in the soil and uh, about two weeks later it germinated. Then another month later it kind of grew into a little, little plant and if you look at it now, it's kind of that tall and has about eight, nine leaves and it still has a long way to go before it starts to give me those hot chilies that I'm dying to see. But I know it's going to happen. Now, if that chili plant never grew, I knew, I would know that there is something terribly wrong with it. If our faith is not growing, it should tell us that there is something terribly wrong either with our beliefs, either with our understanding of what faith is or practicing our faith in real, in real life. Now that brings me to my second point. Faith needs to be exercised. Now this plant, I need to water it every day. I need to put it out in the sun because water and sunlight are two essential things for its growth. Now I have a friend of mine who lives in Sharjah. He was 14 years old when I met him. He was a chubby little boy. His name is Joel Castellino. Do you know him? Joel, if you're listening to this, don't feel bad. I'm only saying good things about you, okay? Now, Joel was a chubby little fellow, and he had one beautiful gift, and that is he could sing for God. Now, as he grew, he continued to grow in size as well, getting chubbier and chubbier. Until about two years ago, he was fat, okay? Let's cut the diplomacy. Fat people are fat people. I'm not looking at anybody. He suddenly decided that he was going to change himself. He was going to give himself a new look. So he started going on a diet. I don't know what kind of a diet that he, that he, that he chose, but I think it was a pretty cool diet. He started exercising, going to the gym every single day. And if you look at Joel Castellino today, you will think you're looking at Captain America. He's like... Like, he got muscles, man, I'm telling you. You know, I look at him and I, I get envious. Yeah? I mean, you look at him, you'd be envious too. Um, we need to show a video of Joel before and after, okay? So that everybody over here understands what I'm talking about. Now, how did Joel get like that? To be that chubby fellow to this, this He-Man kind of guy. He still sings beautifully, by the way, but one cannot tell anymore whether he's a rock star or a gymnast. You know, he looks more like Arnold Schwarzenegger than Don Moem these days, but never mind. He's, he's still doing a good job with both. 
The point of this is that faith needs to be exercised daily. We don't do that. We just say, I believe in Jesus, hallelujah, and we're happy with that. I go and listen to the word of God, and I'm happy with that. I go and I go for mass, and I'm happy with that. But faith needs to be exercised every single day. And how do we exercise it? The word of God says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. In addition to all these things, Paul is talking about the armor of God. But then he comes to the shield of faith, a shield kind of something like this. Everybody knows what a shield looks like. And then he says, pick up the shield of faith so that you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. He doesn't say, take it along with you. I got faith. I have a lot of faith. He doesn't say, sling it on your shoulder. I got faith, baby. You want to see it? Look behind me. And there, there's a fellow with the arrow. You know who's standing with the arrow? The guy with the horns. What's his name? What's his name? No, 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 no. Satan. He's there with this arrow. You know what the arrows say? Nobody loves you. Big arrow. God doesn't love you. Even bigger arrow. You're never going to amount to anything. Your wife doesn't love you. Your husband doesn't love you. Your kids don't love you. You're doomed. You're never going to get married. You're never going to get a bonus. You're never going to get a promotion. And you know that I have faith. Really, I got faith behind my back. Oh, what's that going to help me? I need to take that out. I need to pick it up. And every time an arrow shoots against me, I got up. Go like that. Can you see me? Arrow coming. Another arrow coming. Every day, I exercise faith by raising my shield of faith. And every time the enemy shoots an arrow against me, I cover myself with faith. What faith? Faith comes from reading the message, from hearing the message, and the message is the word about Christ. Which means what? Every day you need to pick up the word of God, you need to open it, and you start to read it. And I've told you this a thousand times, but you have not listened at least 999 times, most of you. How's it gonna work? Of what use is a shield lying at home? Of what use is shield in a war? And you're in a war. You go to war pretending you're He-Man. Oh, I'm gonna work miracles in the name of God. Come on, fight with me. And the devil doesn't even need to shoot an arrow. He stands in front of you, goes, and you kind of fall. I'm telling you, and that's what happens to you. You fall at the smallest, slightest thing. Do you worry? I've asked you this question before. I'm asking you again. Do you worry? Three months back, I said, if any of you ever dare to say that you're going to worry again, I'm going to come, I'm going to catch you by the collar, and I'm going to shake you and say, when are you going to learn? Sorry, brother. And I can do that to the women too. <laughs> Which brings me to point number three. 
every day. You got to exercise this faith. But the trick in exercising is, is you take it one day at a time. You know, one day Jesus told everybody, why do you worry about tomorrow? I think this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Why do you worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow can worry about itself. You just focus on today because today has enough problems to keep you occupied. Don't worry about tomorrow. The problem with every one of us, and I need you to think about this for just one minute. Okay, every one of you who is worrying here still after all those talks. The main reason you worry so much is because you're thinking about tomorrow, you're thinking about day after, some of you are even thinking about next year. I know many of you say, no, I have to save, save for my kids. Yeah, my kids need to go to school. They need to get married. How old is your child? He's two months old. <laughs> but seriously, isn't that true? Why are you shaking your head? You're worried about your child getting married. She's not worried about getting married. Are you worried about getting married, baby? No, see, she's clever. One day at a time. And if you just look at today, just look at today, you will find how easier and how simpler things become. And there's a beautiful song that I've loved ever since I've come to Christ. The song is One Day at a Time, Sweet Jesus. Do you know that song? I'm going to ask Olivia to sing it for you. One day at a time. You know, before Jesus 
told his apostles not to worry. He spoke to them about the birds and the flowers. And he said, look at them. Look at the ravens, look at the daffodils, look at the lilies. They don't worry about anything. Now I want you to tell me something. Think about it for a minute. When is the last time you saw a bird perched on the tree worrying about its food? Have you ever seen a bird perched on a tree worrying about its food? Worried about, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Now surely God loves you more than a bird, does he? And if you don't believe that, you have one big problem. God loves you more than a bat. And he says, the birds in the air, I look after so well. How much more am I going to look after you, your little faith? So believe that. One day at a time. Take it one day at a time. And when you take it in small doses, life becomes easy to manage. And you don't have to worry about anything. And during this day, what do you do? You keep Jesus close to you and you keep his word close to you. Keep his promises close to you. All the things that he keeps saying to you over and over and over again. Most of all being, I love you. Which brings me to the next point. Faith and love go together, hand in hand. And the reason we don't grow in faith is because we don't grow in love. Paul in his letter to the Galatians, Galatians 5, 6 says, In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I want to repeat that. In Christ Jesus, all the rules, all your practices, all your laws has no value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I want you to repeat that. The only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is, faith is faith expressing itself, expressing itself through, love. through love. Paul in his second letter to the Thessalonians says, I thank God. I think this is 1-3. I thank God for you, my brothers and sisters, that every day you are growing in your faith and every day your love for one another is increasing. Faith and works, they go together. James in second chapter said, if you say you have faith but have no works, your faith is useless. Faith and love. And here is where all of us, even those of us who proclaim the word of God hit a big roadblock because they say, I have faith, but then they don't show any love, any love at all. You know, yesterday we were sitting in the office and talking about mustard seed faith and I kept thinking and thinking and thinking, surely all of us have faith as small as a mustard seed. But then I got to thinking that if faith is the same thing as love, together with love, like that, it's like this boat. You know, imagine you have one oar with faith on it and the other oar with love on it. You just keep stirring faith. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. What's going to happen to your boat? It's just going to go like that. In one place. Everybody with me? I need you to picture you're on this boat with one oar. Faith. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. And there you go. Round and round and round and you don't go anywhere. Yes, you're making a lot of movement, but you're not making any progress. You're not going anywhere. You're stuck in the same place. And please listen to me carefully because I want you to get out of the place that you're stuck in. And I want you to move forward to the other side. 
to the other side where it's no longer the natural but the supernatural to the other side where God is waiting for you because God has mighty plans for you but he cannot do anything with you because you're going round and round and round here's the other O the O of love and together when you steer faith and love you make a lot of motion and you go to somewhere where you need to be and now don't feel bad but I want to tell you that I don't think most of you still know how to love. And the reason most of you don't know how to love is because most of you don't know how much God loves you. I hear you gossip. <laughs> I hear you slandering one another. I hear you judging people. I hear you fighting with others. I hear you say hateful, hurtful words, and I say no love, no love. And then you say you have faith, and I say really? Really? I'm talking to you. In the world, they don't understand. No one has spoken to them about love. All I do is speak about love. I speak about how we need to love like Jesus, accepting one another for what they are. But no, one of you will say about the other, he is a drunkard. One of you will say about another, he's a womanizer. One of you will say about another, he's a cheat. One of you will say about another, he's a bad man or he's a bad woman. We're so quick to condemn, we are so quick to judge. When are we going to learn that to love means not to ever judge, not to ever condemn anybody? Not only is it not in your hands, you damn yourself when you judge and you condemn others. I need you to please listen to me carefully. Whenever somebody comes to me, and a lot of people do, and they say, I need to talk to you about somebody, I feel a dagger pierce my heart, and I say, here is someone else who just doesn't understand, who just doesn't understand what it means to love. I want you to examine your hearts now. I promise you, God is going to do something extraordinary. But he cannot do anything unless you admit your guilt, unless you admit your sinfulness, unless you admit that you truly have failed in loving each other. Husbands, your wives. Wives, your husbands. How long are you going to take each other down? And not only with each other, but even with people in the world. How long are you going to do that? Friends, we pray together, and yet we gossip like uneducated fisherwomen, slandering each other, not understanding the poison it causes, the damage it causes. I was a sinner 12 years ago. I was saved. Till today, I remember that I was saved. And I cannot judge anybody. How can I? Because I still remember those days when I walked in the wilderness away from anybody. 
I try to live a holy life today, but what if I don't? What if I return to the world? I need you to think about this for one minute. I need you to think about it hard. What if I return to the world? What if I say, forget about all of you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want to go back to my drinking. I want to go back to my gambling. I want to go back to my whoring. What if I do that? What are you going to say? He's a bad man. What happens if two years later I come back to God? What are you going to say about me then? You're all sinners. All of us. Is there anyone here who has not been saved? Tell me. Is there anyone here who is so righteous he can stand up and pretend he is God and say, you, I accuse you, I condemn you. Is there anyone over here? I'd like him or her to stand up right now. But this is the problem with us. We get our sense of superiority by putting someone else down. We get our sense of greatness by saying, hey, I'm the one. I don't do what he's doing. I don't do what she's doing. Really, really. I saw everybody from heaven today. Everybody was black as coal, except the ones who stood wearing white, the white robe that came from Jesus Christ. You know what? Very few Christians are wearing that robe. Love. You want to work miracles? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen till you learn to love. And how do you learn to love? Simply now, please listen to this carefully. The only way you're going to be able to love each other truly is if you understand that God loves you. He accepts you just the way you are. Understand it today. Not here, not here, not here. Take this damn thing and throw it out. Understand it here. God loves you the way you are. You can be a drunkard. You can be an adulterer. You can be a murderer, triple murderer. You can be a rapist. God loves you. He accepts you just the way you are. Do you get it? I need you to get it. Because only when you understand that he loves you like that, will you be able to love others the way they are. Otherwise, you'll always be accusing, always be condemning, always be judging. That is not love. Faith and love work together. You want to work miracles? They're not going to happen. You want to grow in your business? You want to rise in your job? You want to be blessed with money? Nothing is going to happen unless you understand. God accepts you just the way you are. Why do you think I came to Jesus? Why do you think I... Love him so much, because he never said change. Never, never, never said change. Even when I did the vilest, filthiest things, he never said change. He just said, come. Even today, he says, come. Even today, I go wallow in the mud. He says, come. I can do the worst thing imaginable. And he says, come. He doesn't say, ever, stay away from me. Never, never. How can I say to anybody, stay away from me, you're a bad person, you're a wicked person. How can I do that? How can you do that? How can you do that? Then he says, forgive. Think of the people you think about and they make you angry. Where's the forgiveness? How often do we speak about it? So glibly. Jesus says, Matthew 5, 23, I think. When you 
give a gift to the altar and you remember someone has something against you. You remember you have something against somebody. You remember you have this unforgiveness in your heart. Leave your gift. Leave your gift because I don't want it. Listen to me. You come with your prayers. You come with your petitions. You come seeking blessings. And what do you have in your heart? Unforgiveness towards somebody. Leave your gift. Go. Find your brother. Find your sister. Make peace with them. And then come. And then I will accept your gift. You know why? Because I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Not once, not twice, not even a hundred, two hundred times. I've forgiven you a million times. You do something bad, now you come to me, I've forgiven you. I want you to understand this. I want you to truly not hear, not hear. This stupid thing works in the natural. This thing works in the supernatural. I always tell people, you think I don't get hurt? Oh, all the things people say about me, about my ministry. Forgiving is an automatic process, has become part of my lifestyle. Why? Because I know the moment I turn towards God, He's forgiven me. Even without my saying the words, He has forgiven me. And if somebody hurts me, I cannot do the same thing to him. What kind of hypocrite am I? I ask the forgiveness from one side. And here's another lesson. When you sin, and don't tell me you don't sin because I don't believe you. You go to God, I'm, you say, I'm sorry. And you don't want him to remember anything. And he doesn't remember. And not only him, you don't want anyone else to remember anything. But you, you will remember every goddamn thing that somebody has done to you from 10 years, 20 years ago. Forgive. The only way you'll be able to forgive is if you understand you're forgiven. And that is what I want us to understand here. Understand you've been forgiven. And then... Jesus says, lay your life down. Greater love has no man than he who lays his life down for his friend. I'm tired of telling people to lay their lives down. All I'm telling people is, stop killing others. It's not the ISIS you need to be worried about. It's you. Because you're killing people worse than them. At least the people ISIS kill are dead. Has stopped off, they're going to heaven. The people you kill have to live with the things that you say, the things that you do. Are you listening to me? Faith and love. Work together to take you to the other side. And that brings me to my final point. Bear fruit. And love bears fruit. I love you, it's so easy to say. Really it is. I love you, it's so easy to say. Not everybody is like you here. Not everyone <laughs> thinks like you do here. Everyone has different ideas, different thoughts. Everyone has different colors. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Not everyone is rich. Some people are very poor. How do you look at them? The ones who are not like you. What if God was like me? Assuming I was a difficult person, long-haired, arrogant, guy who only likes smart, clever people who could work miracles. What if God was like me? Thank God he's not. 
Thank God he loves you just the way you are. Fat, round, tall, balding. I had a friend who wanted to get married. I'm going to end with this story because we're running out of time. And I think God wants to do something here today. You know these birds I spoke about, the birds sitting in branches not worrying? The birds still need to go and get food, right? Right? They still need to go and get food. So they need to get off their branches, stop worrying, get down, and God will give them food if they kind of just peck around a little bit. Now, there are a lot of us who forget that. We're lazy, you know? And I actually knew a man once who refused to do anything because he said, God will take care of me. So he didn't do anything. He didn't go looking for a job. He didn't do anything. He sat in his house and said, God will take care of me. And an entire year passed, and he's still there sitting in that couch of his. There are people like that who want to get married, and what are they doing? They're also sitting on their butts saying, God is going to send me a spouse. And how is he going to do that? unless you go out and at least make yourself part of the environment. And there was this one girl, for the last 15 years she's been wanting to get married, but she has a spec list that is a mile long. You know, I spoke to her once because God sent about a hundred guys to her, and the first guy was a little balding, and I said, okay, so that's a disqualification. And I said, the second guy is very quiet, and I said, okay, that's another disqualification. Then she met a third guy, and uh, this guy is a little old, and that was a third disqualification. And then she said, uh, he speaks funny. He speaks very softly when he does speak. And uh, that was the fourth disqualification. And she had all this. And then one day I asked her, so what kind of a guy would you really like? And she said, I'd like someone like you. <laughs> and I said, wow, I am kind of losing my hair. And I hardly speak. And when I speak, it is funny. And I'm not exactly a spring chicken. I'm quite old. Uh, well, don't, don't listen to that. But see what I mean. So now in faith, and actually this brings me to one more point. Speak it. Say to God now, I believe you're going to give me a spouse. Say. Not all of you, only the ones who are single. <laughs> I mean, you've already got a spouse. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you might not like him very much, but you're stuck with him. All right, say, singles, I believe God is going to give me a spouse. I believe God is going to give me a spouse. And who knows, if I go around hugging everybody, he might give me one tonight. <laughs> and those who are married, I believe God is going to make my husband the sweetest husband in the world. Go on, women. No, it's okay, all right. It's okay, yeah. Same thing. Start to declare what you believe. I want to give you one word of God, okay, because this is important. And I want you to say it after me. This is from 2 Corinthians 4.13, okay? It is written, I believed. Say, it is written, I believed. Now this is David, okay, in one of the Psalms, Psalm 116. He said, I believed. I believed, therefore I have spoken. Okay, this is what David wrote. Now, David, now this is what Paul says. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe in love? Do you believe God loves you? Do you believe you're going to get a husband one day? Yes. <laughs> Do you believe? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay, let's all stand and truly from our hearts believe in God. Make
sound of 